0: All right, count it down in three, two, and one. Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading, and I am joined, as always, by uh, co-host Kelsey Zeiser, who is also an editor at Light Reading. Hi, Kelsey.
1: Ahoy there, Phil.
0: Ahoy! <laughs> you on a cruise today?
1: I'd love to be. I'm just mixing things up a little bit.
0: Ah, no, I like it. I like it. It's a different <laughs> greeting. It kept me on my toes. Uh, it was it was it was very cool. Hey, um, we're we're going to be kept on our toes constantly during this podcast because we're uh, this is one where we're not we're not talking about an event we were at. We're not talking about something that was reported uh, earlier. We're actually going to be talking about stuff that's probably happening in the future or maybe coming to a city near us. So that could be fun. How do you feel about smart cities, Kelsey? Do you live in a smart city now?
1: I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. I think, I want to say Chapel Hill's a smart city. Mm. They're doing some cool gigabit stuff. Um, I should Do you know. live close to a smart city? Uh, yes.
0: Um, do they have automatic city. cars? Or I mean, uh, what do you call it? Autonomous vehicles and all that? <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> not that anyway. I'm aware of robot
0: waiters. <laughs> okay. Well, I, uh, uh, I live in Fort Worth. I have, uh, the, the biggest breakthrough we've had in the last few years, which is still amazes me every time as I can pay for parking using an app on my phone. So I don't have to remember to have coins with me. Um, Oh
1: yeah, we can do that. Maybe we are. That
0: is, uh, well that, that to me, that's a smart city. You should stop right there. All, okay. all the technology has, has that you'll ever need. <laughs> I mean, Sorry. Raleigh's
1: slogan is uh, "I think it's keep Raleigh boring." So I just sort huh. of assumed the answer was no. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, because that would be boring. Right. Well, fortunately, we don't have to. We don't have to speculate any longer. Um, uh, joining us today, our guest is Will Barkas. He's a principal of Smart Cities at Orange Silicon Valley. Hello, Will.
2: Hello. Thanks for having me.
0: And you are in a, uh, a smart city of sorts. Uh, San Francisco is definitely a digital city. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would classify it as a smart city just yet.
2: Yeah, you know, it's actually pretty interesting. Um, so for the last several years, I've been serving as a um, an official volunteer technology advisor to the mayor's office of civic innovation, um, working with uh-huh. chief innovation officer, former chief innovation officer Jay Nath. Uh, for about three years and and less so now with, um the new chief chief innovation officer Krista canaleckis but we um you know we joke about jay loves to tell the joke that you don't need to go to the history museum down in san jose to see to see old computers go to city hall and um <laughs> it's it's i mean there's some sadness in that though, though i don't i don't think that's fair fair to the government either but um this is an interesting yeah. city because we kind of live in the future you know that william gibson quote the, the futures here it's just unevenly distributed so we're kind of living in this in the, in the future here in Silicon Valley but yet San Francisco itself has a kind of a long history of um, let's just say technological skepticism and kind of you know maybe dating back to kind of counterculture movement stuff but people here are a little bit wary of technology and, um, and there have been some some tensions here you know around what the tech ecosystem has done to the economy and gentrification and affordable housing and like all these broader societal issues. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but it's an interesting place to be looking at, at what are you know, you're know you calling quote unquote smart cities.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, a great sort of laboratory for how, how well, or how poorly we could get, we could eventually get along with technology. Um, you're, you're totally right about that. That whole South of market area, um, you know, has changed so much since I lived there in the late nineties and, and, and and that's an ex, an excellent example of uh, you get both the tech haves and the have-nots in a very um, a very small space, several blocks. Uh, you know the neighborhoods just change block by block, and um, and yet also you get this sort of uh, um, there's sort of a tech optimism that permeates the city. You know, uh, just about anything you can imagine, somebody's already working on it. So it's a, it's a really interesting, uh, you, you live in a very interesting place in the world.
2: (laughs) Well, and I do think one thing San Francisco does well is thinking about how to benefit, you know, everybody with, with these innovations and technology, or at least trying to think about how to benefit everybody and and being inclusive. Um, you know, it's not just technology for technology's sake.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, it's yeah, San Francisco uh, for all of its counterculture, uh, uh, tendencies does, uh, does try to bring everybody along when uh, when when technological advancements come up um and uh and yeah this is this is a really good sort of introduction to say sort of what uh what you know to get into what you're working on at orange silicon valley and for those uh, listening to this podcast if you've uh 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 if you've not familiar with orange silicon valley our colleague Mitch Wagner, uh, in an earlier podcast, interviewed the CEO of Orange Silicon Valley and the company's uh, principles, its its strategic direction, why Orange is involved in Silicon Valley at all. That's all covered in that podcast, so we won't we won't retrace our steps there. Let's get right into um, what Will is doing, which is around computer vision um, and and working with AI and smart cities. Um, or smart city applications. So, I guess my first question is is to uh, is about computer the, the topic of computer vision itself. Is that considered a type of artificial intelligence?
2: Yeah. So, um, I, I should caveat caveat this entire conversation uh, two ways. First, um, you know, I'm kind of speaking, and our office really is our job is to be out here in Silicon Valley, um, you know, trying to see the future, look around the corner whatever kind of metaphor you want, but be be part of this amazing technology innovation ecosystem. And through, you know, our participation here, kind of bring back um, use cases, opportunities for orange and orange customers, but kind of society at large um, Mm -hmm. from from what we see here. So, you know, everything I'm saying today is not the uh, official orange position on smart cities or the quote unquote AI city or, or these technologies or even what the most interesting use cases are. This is kind of my own, you know, my own take on it and, and what I'm kind of, of course, what I'm sharing back uh, with others. But, um, yeah, so that's one caveat. And then, um, the other caveat is my, I have a PhD and I've studied, uh, computer science, um, but I, you know, my PhD was actually in neurosciences. So that's not, so not straight up, uh, uh, computer vision or artificial intelligence. Um, so, um, I would, my, my understanding of computer vision is that it is historically it has been different, um. From art, the field of broader field of artificial intelligence, but in the recent in kind of the modern era um, of computer vision, you know, really the the fundamental kind of uh, capabilities in terms of face recognition, understanding images, understanding sequences of images, video uh, is almost entirely driven by machine learning, and um, so computer vision broadly, I guess, I think nowadays is probably considered close to a subset or at least is for practical uh, uses so um, that is to say so computer vision does abrupt takes, takes a broader account of say like the physics of the world and our understanding of models of mm-hmm. lenses and optics and um, you know these these uh, sort of other models that we can bring as well as um, using machine learning now so I actually pulled up pulled up my uh, my old uh, computer vision textbook from Forsyth and Ponce, just to give you their definition. I <laughs> really agree with it. They see computer vision, at, or vision, they say, because really human vision or animal vision is really a subset of all vision. As, in, uh-huh. as the enterprise that uses statistical methods to disentangle data using models constructed with the aid of geometry, physics, and learning theory. Um, but like I said, all, it, it, practically speaking, uh, we've kind of moved into this world where particularly con- conv- convolutional neural networks have gotten so good at understanding or at least classifying what's in images that it is now by far that's the way it's done. In fact, um, the turning point was there was this ImageNet competition. Maybe I'm going into the weeds too much, but you know, 2012. Um, basically, the, this ImageNet competition had all these images put up. Um, the the error rates were were not that great fast forward five years and literally 2017 was the final year they ran the competition because the accuracy of the, of, of classification in the, in the data set rose to like plus 90, 90, above 97%. And it was, you know, beyond oh, what wow. humans can do. Um, so yeah, so the little nerdy, nerdy background on, on AI and, and computer vision.
0: Um, well, I guess that's where I was thinking is it, 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 I was thinking of it as a subset of AI just because it is, I can see how the two are, uh, uh, overlap and how you can use one within the other. Um, and, 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 and I guess it always comes up with, like you said, with recognition of objects and people in a city context, I just sort of, w- when I sort of picture what's going to take us into being, you know, smart cities of the future, that's sort of one of the things I, I would imagine would be working, uh, at, on some level. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think
2: one way of thinking about it too is, is um, you know, video right now is the largest generator of data, kind of in the in the world broadly, hmm. and in the city context as well. I mean, I think the prediction is by next year we're going to hit one billion cameras. I'm not talking about smartphone cameras, but but you know, kind of public surveillance cameras, other cameras um, on you know government property, on commercial buildings, etc., etc. Coming in the city
0: context. It's, it's,
2: <laughs> it's kind of yeah. We'll let's definitely talk about the creepiness, yeah. uh, the private <laughs> issues, and, you know. Yeah, I'll, there's a lot to talk about there, but um, you know, so but it's also a really, really valuable way of understanding the world, right? So, to, yeah, to understand what's just what's going on. Um, so,
1: I'm nearsighted, um, so my vision has decreased over time. Uh, but computer vision is that the opposite? Does the computer's ability to see, so to speak, and uh, recognize scenarios get better and improve over time?
2: Yeah. So. Again, you know, my understanding, caveat the neuroscience PhD, but uh, mm-hmm. it is that we're kind of in an era where um, we're so we've moved from using the traditional computer vision methods, um, a kind of more mathematical uh, filters and, and things to do to, to understand edges and different things like that and to understand images to this world of convolutional neural networks and deep learning and there are some ideas um, of using models, you know, built on, one, trained up on one data set and, and doing what's called like transfer learning um, to look at different problems essentially with it. And I, I, I think that it's fair to say like it's pretty advanced. Things are getting pretty advanced, but yet we're just at the dawn okay. of all of this stuff. So um, yeah, actually I, I meant to say I really like the quote from, from um, Google CEO Sundar Pichai uh, last year, I think, saying that you know, AI, so very broadly, not just computer vision, but it is, quote, one of the most important things humanity is working on. It's more profound than electricity or fire hmm. in terms of human history, right? And this is, that's astounding when you really step back and think about it. And, um, you know, I, I really think we're just at the dawn of this stuff. When you look at all the startups and other companies working on new hardware, like actually, Silicon Valley is actually kind of becoming Silicon again, because, there are all these new purpose-built hardware to do AI um, machine learning better, and you know, yeah, well, we we have a long way to go. But I guess to your point, it is not getting worse. They, okay. <laughs> so are not only, like me. They're only getting <laughs> much better. And actually, another another quote I always loved, which kind of blows my mind and gets gets me thinking about the singularity, is uh, Ray Kurzweil, you know, inventor and, uh, and, I, and Google scientist as well now, um, uh-huh. at least last I checked. He was, he re- I read his book, um, The Age of Spiritual Machines, a while back, and he said that by 2028, a thousand dollar computer will be roughly as powerful as one human brain. You know, it's raw computations per second. Obviously, the human brain's very parallel. There's most computers are very linear. It's a like yada yada. There's complexity here. But by 2050, that same thousand dollar computer will be as powerful as all the human brains on the planet combined. Jeez. So, what happens in the year, 2500? <laughs> so that's really where, where, you know, the, the singularity, uh, kind of comes, comes to mind, but, um, yeah, suffice it to say these things are going to get, are getting better. And it's, it's the, that whole, there's also the metaphor, of like the second half of the chessboard where, you know, exponent, we don't think very well about exponential things, but we're getting, you know, in many ways exponentially better.
1: Yeah. So what are, what are some yeah, of the ways yeah. that, um, smart cities are using this technology currently and what are some other kinds of AI that will help cities get smarter? Um, maybe make Raleigh yeah. less boring. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, Raleigh. I
1: mean, I love living here.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I mean, we really, we really are at the beginning of the, the smart cities kind of era as well. Um, I mean, so much of society has yet to really digitize in a, in a deep way, um, so as, as much as it feels like the computer, the personal computer, and the, and the um, you know the internet, the World Wide Web have all been like amazing revolutions, we're, we're really at the beginning of so many just kind of crazy, hard to get your head around things. You know, like the Fourth Industrial Revolution is a way of thinking about it. But um, so the applications, I mean, right now, and it depends again kind of on where you are geographically <laughs> in the world um, as to what people are willing to allow in their community. Um, there's a lot going on. I mean, we, we we're, we're kind of reading increasingly, um, about, in, you know, and, and seeing data leaks and things to, to indicate what's being done, um, in cities in China, uh, in terms of understanding, uh, behavior of people, um, sentiment, how they're feeling about things as they, as they walk around through the camera. Um, a lot of stuff around traffic. Maybe I should step back and not go in a nefarious way because this this is definitely a double edged sword, mm-hmm. um, I like much of AI. Um, but just understanding, you know, not just having sensors built into the roads, which are expensive, hard to, hard to do, or you or you sort of temporarily roll them out to do your you know average annual daily traffic uh, counts or things like that. But being able to um, Simply count cars mm-hmm. or trucks or you know, moving like vehicles, but going beyond that and understanding pedestrians and bicyclists, and uh, you know,
1: so like pigeons, transportation, know. transportation, transportation demand management,
2: exactly. So understanding with much better data where where traffic is actually going, and uh, where, you know, where the situational awareness, I guess, of our of our roads, mm-hmm. um, and even. Taking advantage of other sensors, not just the the, the camera, so maybe veering away from pure computer vision here, but thinking about the sensors we carry in our pockets, um, our smartphones, or devices on cars, you know, onboard on board diagnostic devices. Um, there's yeah, there's a uh, there's a lot of data, and and I guess I should say too. I think when we talk about AI, there's a bit of hype here, and I saw recently a statistic that I'd forget the exact number, but it was substantial number of startups, like I want to say between a third and a half. And I think it was in the European context, I don't remember exactly where the data set was, but it was something like, you know, a third to a half of these startups who claim they're doing AI are actually not, um, mm-hmm. they're doing, you know, some kind of statistics, but it's data analysis, right? And okay. I think so AI kind of right now is, is a shorthand for just a very advanced data analytics. Um, so, gotcha. yeah, you also but...
1: mentioned um, cameras kind of acknowledging how someone's feeling. Could that eventually be used to say, "I'm in the gap," and I look at a dress and I look grumpy. Um, that help marketers yeah. decide? Like, oh, she doesn't <laughs> like that dress too much. Like, let's market something else to her, <laughs>
2: like these <Exactly>. socks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. I,
0: Yet again, I'm afraid to comment on anything. I'm just going to sit back here and smile.
2: <laughs> yeah, we got to think about bias and other things. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's again some some of the scary kind of uh, Big Brother aspects of it, but it could, also good. Maybe it helps people figure out what they like. Um, and or, or companies make the right, the right stuff for people um, that, yeah. And that, you know, again, like the smart city label, I, I don't like to be too hard, hard and fast about like not going inside the building here. Cause I think you get into this is a smart building you're talking about or, or kind of retail, the, mm-hmm. the future of retail e-commerce. Um, but yes, I think that you'll be able to, or companies, <laughs> and, and this is where we maybe should talk about privacy for a little bit, but like, we'll be able to understand how you're, Feeling because it often shows up on your face, and mm-hmm. maybe you know if you bring the microphones and other other things in as well. Like you give off a lot of signals about about how you're feeling um, that can be observed. Um, I don't we'll think I'm understand. a good
1: good example yeah. though because sometimes people say I look grumpy, and I'm just thinking.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. wow. I'm like, this is just my face.
2: <laughs> and you need <can> learn that. <laughs> um, no, but I think like what happens now when you take. It sounds, you know, it sounds like mildly creepy, but maybe dollar bowl when it's like one, one store. But what happens when you start to be able to track that data across like where you parked your car and right. your, your, and your, your visa data as well, of where you made all your purchases across multiple stores and your cell phone, you know your location, maybe where you checked in on Facebook or whatever. They're just like in aggregate, it becomes, um, a lot of information about where people are and what they're doing. Um. Which again is a double-edged sword, right? When We can hopefully use technology to live happier, better lives, um, and I, you know, I think Orange has an interesting uh, kind of emphasis right now on, or broadly on, like a, kind of the human inside and making sure that when we think about technology, and when we deploy it and deploy services, that we're really thinking about people, you know, first and last, and okay. how they're using these things. Um, so I don't know. It, it, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a good, uh, that's a good philosophy behind, uh, you know, behind technology looking into, you know, technologies that have that kind of double-edged sword. And let's, let's maybe talk a little bit about, um, uh, you know, privacy and where the, uh, uh, you know, what the concerns are. And then of course, what maybe, you know, operators like Orange, what advantage they have when it comes to, uh. You know, building trust with consumers. Let's let's go to a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll we'll hit on those topics. Uh, We'll be right back on the Light Reading podcast. Welcome back to the Light Reading podcast Uh, again. It's Phil Harvey. Light reading. Kelsey Zeiser is uh, ably manning the co host chair. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm trying to mix it up too. My intros (laughs) have gotten stale and I'm I'm falling all over myself while I'm doing that. (laughs) Anyway, uh, hi, Kelsey. Hello, Will. Our guest today is Will Barkas of uh, Orange, Silicon Valley. Um, uh, Will, thanks again for being here. Happy to be
2: here. Thanks for having me.
0: Um, and what we were, uh, just talking about before the break was, um, uh, the effect of things like computer vision and artificial intelligence as we apply these technologies to smart cities and we start, um, really using them to make people's lives better. It, like you, you were saying, it does have kind of a, a double-edged sword. There's the privacy concern, especially of things like computer vision, um, how does, uh, you know, what, what are some of the issues that come with that, that, that privacy concern and how does, uh, you know, does a, does a carrier like orange that's, that's pretty widely trusted. Does it have a particular, or do service providers in general have a particular advantage in talking about or implementing these kinds of technologies?
2: Yeah, no, I think, um, this gets to the heart of, of some of the challenges here. Cause I think, this is kind of a new type of data, or a lot of it is, and sort of urban data, um, you know, it's not necessarily like uh, personally identifiable information, but um, can be used to track you across the city and understand what exactly you're doing, where you live, who you're, who you're doing things with, uh, and like what you're, what you're buying, all these, all these things that kind of start to add up to a pretty kind of maybe scary, but also very potentially very useful um, set of understandings. So I think privacy is kind of the hardest. It's very hard to opt out of your city. Um, yeah. So I think, <laughs> you know, as a, as a, um, and, and increasingly, and I always like to start the conversation around smart cities by, by pointing out, you know, the world population living in cities is going to double uh, by 2050 according to the UN. And, you know, there roughly two and a half billion more human beings uh, living in cities. And so, you know, people are not opting out of cities or they're, they're opting into cities. Um, I guess, you know, I can't speak for the whole company, but I, I think my, you know, from, from my vantage point, seeing, you know, how, how we behave and how we behave. And the fact that we're, you know, we're a French company, we're based, based in Paris. Um, there are different sensibilities around uh, privacy and uh, security and, and, um, you know, how to handle data and clearly different regulations even mm-hmm. with GDPR now uh, in place. Yeah. Um, and I think we, and maybe other other telecommunications companies probably have this sort of um, I don't know it's philosophy or history or just just way of thinking. Um, but we've kind of evolved from a service like we you know, historically have have provided telecommunication services, you know, that let people connect and and share data, but you know, connect with each other. And it's a service you pay for directly each month, and so you mm-hmm. you kind of there's a certain I guess arrangement made or deal made that you, you understand, even if you don't ever read the privacy policies somewhat of what you're getting, you know, and, and historically how companies have, have looked at that, that isn't necessarily yeah. the same as the new technology companies kind of born in the world of the inner of the web and very, very low cost movement of data. Um, so I mean, where, where, you know, people talk about if you're not the product, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product kind of uh, mindset with a little <laughs> yeah. oversimplifying things, but um yeah, so I think we have some, I, I personally think we have some uh, potential kind of advantages or, or interesting at least ways of thinking about privacy that could be considered advantages. Um, but, you know, I don't want to speak on the behalf of the company at large, but I think, I guess I think it's very important to think about how people expect this data to be used. And and actually, which brings me to something, um, you know, you mentioned kind of offline off about actual projects we're working on right now. And one of them is looking at how yeah. to do, where to do the actual kind of AI, right? Do it, is it at the edge? Is it in the cloud? Is it some hybrid of edge to cloud? Um, and I think maybe, maybe kind of your, your audience is gonna be interested in thinking about this because it impacts how you build the networks, right? And how you deliver services across the networks.
0: Oh, totally. Cause you're not talking about a trivial amount of processing either. Right. You know, this is just, it's not just connectivity, but it's, it's the processing and the computation and it's, it's all gotta happen. Yeah. It, you know, especially if it's like you said, if it's, if it's got some kind of decision Mechanism or some kind of logic that has to be applied, it has to happen really, really close to wherever that data is ingested, whatever camera, whatever stream. And and that actually can be an advantage in terms of some of the
2: privacy features. So, you know, Chicago, when they were looking at the array of things or building out this array of things with several hundred nodes, um, you know, they intentionally built the computer vision piece of it to only work at the edge. So, so at least in my understanding, I mean, I'm not super, I'm not closely involved in the project, but, um, you know, talking to some of the leaders of the project back when they were doing it, um, the cameras could do some amount of uh, you know image classification, but they weren't passing the, vid, the actual frames of pictures back. They were just doing it at the edge and then throwing the data away. So if you can build a system like that, whether it's police body cameras or, you know, other kinds of surveillance, you can, and if the edge is capable enough, then you can, inherently make these systems that are that are more robust and less vulnerable to cyber, you know, cyber threads, um, but also more privacy preserving just by the very way they're built. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I
0: think. Yeah. Indeed. Did they really call it an array of things? Is that what the- Yeah, the, it was
2: called the Array of Things, capital A. so
0: Chicago um, sounding. <laughs> very <loud. laughs> I got an array of things over here. <laughs> yeah, like internet, I, don't, I don't know what accent that was, but it's like
2: LA's um, <laughs> chief technology. Everyone likes to make puns on, on these things and kind of be clever, right? but I thought the uh, CTO, former CTO of LA, uh, Peter Marks, you just talked about the internet of trees. IoT is not the internet of things, but rather the internet of trees. Because LA <laughs> has like 4 million street trees that they have to take care of. And so, um, you know, understanding Fun. the state of the moisture and the health of the tree and all these things, it's very difficult and it's very expensive. And yeah, um, yeah. So, anyway, getting back, I guess, to so the AI city, right? It maybe it's the city, the AI tree city, in some sense.
0: Yeah, that'd be you know, if if we can just deploy some AI to keep keep all the greenery, uh, you know, <laughs> taken care of, that's a good first step. Yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody would would uh, would have a privacy concern about that.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I guess I do think that the this kind of comes back to kind of the broader purpose of all of this, and kind of like all politics is local you know, all smart cities are, are local and they're really about people and serving like the actual community needs. Um, so I think, you know, thinking about the Internet of Trees is, is good because the Internet of Things is a very abstract kind of mm-hmm. tech wonk way of thinking about things. Um, so, uh, yeah, you met, and you mentioned earlier the the uh, some of the more mundane kind of smart city technologies, but, you know, I thought of the Golden Gate Bridge. When you pass through, there's no longer a toll taker anymore. You don't have to stop you just drive right on through. And if, right. you, if you have the fast track, you know, you, they, they scan that. But if you if you don't, they just take a picture of your license plate and send you a bill on the mail. It's like, that's great. Everyone goes, the traffic is faster. They probably yeah. increase their revenue collection. You know, the bridge can be maintained better, et cetera. Like it's actually, that's that's kind of a mundane, but it's a smart city application. Um, and there's another, another one right along those lines that I thought of that San Francisco has been doing is using the 311 data the city gets um, is often... You know, I, I live here and I use the app a lot. Is
1: 311 um, like you're, like, we have 411. Is that just to dial okay. and get information?
2: 311 is different than that. It's like, it's kind of like 911, but for not emergencies. Oh, okay. So 311 is a way of saying, like, hey, there's broken glass in the street here, or whatever the case may be, you know, whatever is in the street here. Um, there's a raccoon chasing me. Exactly. There's a raccoon. My neighbor's
0: practicing me. guitar again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: exactly. So all those kinds of things. And the city has a app, mobile app for it, or you can just call them. And it's actually kind of difficult to categorize these things correctly when people are calling them in or when they're using the app. And so they were using um, a startup uh, called Zen City to, to categorize using natural language uh, processing, which I, I guess is actually moved into a new kind of category. Now they're calling it natural language understanding because it's, we've been beyond processing to actually understanding in many ways, in many systems. And so they're just doing better categorization of three one one requests, which helps the city then actually deal with them you know in a timely fashion so um, mundane but yet getting smarter, you know it's it's interesting so
1: are yeah. there any um upcoming applications or anything under development that you could share that you're particularly excited about or um, you know something that we can see in yeah. the future for smart cities? I guess
2: um well, maybe. The best thing, if you're, if people are really curious, is I, I I highly recommend looking at what Nvidia is doing um, and their Metropolis platform. They've got about uh, 25, 26 companies who have offer something like fifty different products, uh, you know, across. And this is all in the in the, in the kind of realm of image uh, and anal- analysis and video, you know, video understanding. So every everything from kind of face recognition and, and sentiment. We talked about. We didn't talk about like being able to search within videos or Um, you know, detecting anomalies, videos, things like, things like that. There's a, you know, so you can kind of read through, there are a lot of companies doing pretty cool things specifically. Um, We have a, we have a system at my office that lets you walk up, uh, get your face scanned and unlocks the door for you. And it's, you know, again, not all these things are, are, these aren't the singularity (laughs) moments (laughs) yet, but, um, but it does, it does kind of make life better. You know, I actually think a smart city of the future might be a city with no doors because, every door recognizes who should be allowed in and out oh. maybe open it for you and, you know uh, things like that right so um,
1: so chivalry the, isn't dead in ai chivalry might be, well <laughs> yeah, the
2: robots might be open the door too, for you. So, so um so i would say that yeah to to get a better kind of truly you know, broader picture of what of the kind of next generation use cases i would i would look at the nvidia metropolis platform um, you know we are looking a little bit in my office at stuff around gesture recognition, um, what, what you can do on these edge devices in terms of, in terms of kind of signaling to the device itself. With these, um, you know, they're like souped up raspberry Pis, uh, and, and you can do some pretty interesting stuff on the device. Hmm. So, you know, maybe get, get, get some devices to play around with NVIDIA again, uh, not to, don't, don't work for NVIDIA here, <laughs> uh, <laughs> has a pretty interesting, you know, Jetson Nano, uh, that's about a hundred dollars and you, you can do some interesting things on that. um, hmm. We're kind of looking. I mean, in my office. You know, we report to the strategy unit, and we and we work with a lot of the business units um, as well. And so we're we're kind of looking more at the at the business use cases and the startups that are doing interesting things, uh, mm-hmm. generally, and um, trying to think about what customers actually want or need. And so so most of our customers for smart cities are in the Middle East and in France, and they're really. Uh, we call them smart territories often, but it's really kind of sets of buildings or, or district uh, kind of at the, actually I, w- I would say from the, from the smart building out to to the kind of broader area around or sets of buildings. Um, and so, you know, the current stuff that people want and care about is, is understanding, you know, parking, how many, how many parking spaces are available mm-hmm. or um, yeah. surveillance, you know, CCTV cameras in the building, emergency operations management, um, these kinds of things.
0: Oh, that's interesting there I, I do think you know these things all kind of tie together in that um, whatever technology we can use to cut down on um, citizens having to uh, either I, I guess having having to have that moment where they're undecided about where to go what to do mm-hmm. or what to do next or where something's located yeah like those it, or, or just standing in line for no reason. Can like all of those great,
2: You know, the, we talked about the scary sides of this a little bit maybe, but can you imagine how great it would feel to walk into the DMV and have <laughs> yeah. already have your your paperwork filled out because the, yeah. the computer recognized you and sort of filled it out for you and you walk up and he's like, here's your driver's license. <laughs> that would
1: yeah. be so nice. I had to go home once and get paperwork I thought I didn't need and then come back and that was just the worst <laughs> feeling <ever. Exactly. laughs>
0: Well, we, like, we were, I have to uh, come
1: here twice. Uh- <laughs> prepping
0: to uh, my w- wife and I were prepping to uh, get our son's uh, passport renewed uh, for a school trip that he's taking, and uh, in that process, it, it it was really funny because we were like, "Oh, we we were just trying to figure out, well, what all did it, what all documents do you think we need?" And so we we show up with you know half a. Uh, filing cabinets worth the <laughs> stuff, and you know, they were nice, well, a they up what they and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it, it would be so nice if it just came down to like, uh, hey, put your passport on this scanner and then look into this thing here, yeah, put your face and, here, uh, yeah, answer a couple questions and then be on your way. You know? I, I would, uh, you know, it'd be nice if we could get it to that point, yeah. That'd I mean, be, that's
2: that's the goal wonderful. of the magic. The magic of this stuff is that it. It, it it does what you kind of think it should and want it to do without, yeah, you having to do a whole lot of extra work.
0: Yeah, less
1: yeah. paperwork is always good in my book.
0: Yeah, that's where that that's where that stuff kind of hits home with me. Is like when when we're having to like when you're having to decide what what aged government documents do you have to get together <laughs> and do they need the originals or <laughs> you know or do you, all that stuff. It's like so it's it's kind of like wow, it's so. It's so weird to have that sort of, uh, you know, cr- cross that that threshold of, uh, you know, you've got this souped up, super fast iPhone in your pocket that recognizes your face enough to unlock. And yet you're handing the clerk this yellowed, you know, yeah. certificate of whatever from. <laughs> I
1: think we, I think <laughs> we still have a little ways to go, though, because my face recognition on my phone recognized my brother, which kind really? of, like is a little offensive to me. That's interesting. No. confused me with a dude. That's <laughs> yeah,
2: pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I guess since yeah. we're related,
1: I don't know. To be you.
0: fair, you were wearing one of those things with the glasses and the mustache. <laughs> so that's, 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 you that's, you know, coming. you have to, you have to take that off before you look at your okay. phone, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. All right, let's, uh,
0: <laughs> let's leave it here for now. Uh, Will, thanks so much for, uh, for talking us through some future scenarios and also giving us a, a, a reasonably, uh, a good explanation of how, how this stuff sort of works together and what we can expect. Um, we're definitely going to have you back on as we uh, um, get closer and closer to more smart city applications. In fact, I'm thinking by the time we have uh, the next big consumer electronics show is in, I think, January. Um, I'm, I'm sure leading up to that, we'll have a few questions about... Um, you know, things that are either going to be announced and stuff like that. Cause when you said NVIDIA, I, th- I thought about the last time I saw um, a lot of companies like NVIDIA really, uh, and Samsung and some others really throwing their weight behind smart city scenarios. It was actually at CES. Yeah. Um, so it, it might be a great, uh, great timing to maybe uh, circle back right around that time.
2: Yeah, we didn't even talk about how 5g and uh, and the AI city or, or these things interplay too much, but uh, yeah for your discussion.
0: Yeah, indeed yeah no it's it's definitely going to be a, a uh, these things all kind of link together at, at, at a point but uh, uh, no, I do appreciate uh, uh, you taking the time and uh, yeah, we'll leave it there. We, we definitely uh, want to have you back on. Uh, Kelsey, thanks so much for uh, uh, for co-hosting. And uh, once again, Will, thanks so much for being on the podcast.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, I I should also say, if anyone has, you know, any follow-ups and specific things or interesting, you know, I'm I'm happy to put them in touch with people at Orange or, or, you know, opine more. Yeah, indeed. (laughs) uh, What's the best way to get
0: a hold of you or or what's the best way to... uh, uh,
2: Yeah, I mean, my email is uh, will, uh, W-I-L-L dot uh, Barkis B is in boy, A-R-K-I-S at orange.com. Feel free to
0: email me. Fantastic. We'll do. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Light Reading Podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by Tien Fu in New York. Our show notes are all available at LightReading.com. As a reminder, you can get the Light Reading Podcast from Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and dozens of other platforms and apps. Thanks again for listening and thanks for getting your telecom news from lightreading.com.